Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your hosts, Sam Foote and Alan Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Microsoft 365 focused IT security professionals. It's episode 12 of season four. Sam and I had a recent discussion around Microsoft Defender for Cloud Apps, a security tool to monitor SaaS applications, shadow IT and detect abnormal behavior. Here are a few things we covered. What is Microsoft Defender for Cloud Apps? How does it discover shadow IT? What is app governance? And how is it licensed? We have noticed that a large number of you aren't subscribed yet. If you do enjoy our podcast, please do consider subscribing. It would mean a lot to us for you to show your support to the show. It's a really great episode, so let's dive in. Hey, Alan, how are you doing this week? Hey, Sam, not doing too bad. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, this is a bit of an exciting episode for me because um, Defender for Cloud Apps isn't really an area that I delve too deeply in. So yeah, it's going to be really good to um, sort of pick your brains on uh, Defender for Cloud Apps. Yeah, I'm really surprised we haven't done one yet on it, to be fair. It's one of the main uh, main defenders, just so many other things to uh, to talk about, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there, it always seems like there's um, you know, a topic or a service that we've <laughs> discovered or found or just remembered that we should do an episode on, right? And these just these sort of um, core episodes for us anyway just keep getting bumped. It's it seems. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've always got them um, the sort of trailing, aren't we? Or that it's the the um, the the hot topic, I guess, at the time, um, like cloud security, posture management, things like that. So, so yeah. yeah. So should we um, should we get started? Um, Alan's going to be taking the lead on this one. So, Alan, um, what is uh, Defender for Cloud Apps? Yeah, so Defender for Cloud Apps has been around, it's been one of sort of the first sort of defenders, um, or the you know, three, the two or three defenders that there were. Um, it is a um, cloud security, um, cloud security benchmark, what am I talking about? Um, it's a uh, cloud access security broker, a CASB solution. Um, that's able to enforce, um, enforce or improve uh, secure access to SaaS applications, um, as well as detect abnormal behavior and the usage within those applications. Um, so some of the things, some of the areas that it kind of covers is cloud discovery. So detecting shadow IT within within an organization. Um, we all, it also sort of covers now um, session control. So being able to reverse proxy a session, a browser session to an application to detect um, activity or secure it. Um, we also have um, application governments now, governance now. So this is some uh, in, a, in a very high level sort of talking about um, detecting um, the behaviors within an application and the permissioning of those applications as well as the security posture. Um, and then some of the other things that are in there as well is looking at um, there is some data loss prevention um, capability into SaaS applications where supported, and then generally just you know detection discovery of you know activity and admin activity within those SaaS applications. Wow! So w when you talk about it being a broker, does it sort of act like a proxy in effect? You know, for you know monitoring sort of SaaS traffic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are it's it's mainly around the user activity and things like that um, to be able to detect that side of things and 
um yeah and be able to like i said uh, protect um certain actions within that that session as well okay great so yeah you you briefly spoke about shadow it so so what what is it and how do you prevent it so shadow it is um when users start using you know new applications um to you know do their day-to-day job um does not necessarily malicious um but using it to the, do their day-to-day job without telling it so it don't know that they need to support it or they need to secure it so in the past um that might have been that um before you know sharepoint OneDrive was you know a, a key part to an organization sort of um solutions or you know SaaS applications um users might have been going to box or dropbox to use that to share files with external people um you know and that might have been the only way they could do it but it would not know about that and they might not be securing it or you know they don't know what type of data might be being transferred that way so there's no sort of governance around it um so being able to detect that um is what microsoft cloud app can do and it does that by um collecting uh if you have a proxy or firewall um being able to collect those logs and then um send them up to microsoft defensive cloud apps um via a, a um like collector um and then it then um processes them and works out what 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 urls what ip addresses users are going to and then um in effect maps that out so that's one way of getting the logs up there but if you have defend microsoft defender for endpoint um, within Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, there is a checkbox saying, in effect, send data to Microsoft Defender for Cloud Apps. And as Microsoft Defender for Endpoint is monitoring you know, all activity on that device, it's able to send those logs to Microsoft Defender for Cloud Apps. And it's then able to do that um, analysis of the the traffic. And the benefit of using Microsoft, Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, MDE, um, is that that's with the device no matter where it is um, so if you're using a proxy or firewall it's only detecting the traffic when they are going vi- you know, users are going via it so that might only be on premise or you might have a cloud proxy that is supported um, so yeah it's just detecting that side of things and understanding what you can see um, and then you can you know generate reports you get a nice dashboard um, and you can start diving into understanding what extra applications are in there so so really that's sort of giving you a a dashboard to sort of uh, bring those logs into one place um and to sort of highlight you know the traffic that your endpoints are particular uh, you know particularly accessing i suppose shadow it is you know uh, probably more dominant in the the web space now i assume right like web saas applications more than you know um installed applications yeah. you know as admin rights have been stripped away and things like that so so this is really you know um i suppose with defender for endpoint is sort of every browser supported is it just any web traffic that comes off of the the machine yeah it's, it's all traffic coming from the machine itself so it's not necessarily it's not specific specific to the browser or anything like that it's if you're using proxies then it's d- dependent on the device the you know the browser being redirected through that proxy to see that traffic um so there may be some 
uh, maybe it's not system level proxy it's only user level proxy so you may not see what system is doing i guess that's a, a potential there um but probably one thing to probably talk about is that you know you said about bringing them all into one place that is true um but you know a seam can do that as well you know to bring them into one place but what microsoft defender for cloud apps is doing is analyzing it and mapping it against known SaaS applications the you know the ips the urls things like that so you've actually get it by application rather than the raw logs because microsoft Turner cloud in effect ingests the raw logs but then it um passes them and then it just brings out you know the 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 statistical data the aggregated data basically it doesn't keep the raw logs for and you know for for a, for a long time and and really would a would a seem more be looking for you know malicious you know um web activity more than you know um somebody in a random department is now using dropbox or we transfer to share files externally from the raw log perspective probably yes um but i think you've got to then think about you know a seam could do that could detect what type of you know sas application but they've got to have that data to know what to look for and you'd have to be it's not really you're not really actively looking for that sort of query i mean, you'd, i don't know how you would sort of analyze that data in a seam that way against all possible sas applications out there so because yeah, you you would need to know all those possible sas applications wouldn't you you know ahead mm -hmm. of time and you'd have to manage that yourself wouldn't you you know you'd you'd effectively be back blacklisting certain urls you know domain names etc wouldn't you from from those logs and i suppose uh defender for cloud apps is is effectively doing that for you and and worrying all that up for you in a easy to digest sort of package yeah exactly so it's it's microsoft are keeping up with the url changes the ip addresses things like that that you so you don't have to and they've built that catalog or or they have a catalog and that's probably worth talking about so within shadow within within shadow it within the cloud discovery part of D defender for cloud apps um there is a uh catalog and i think there is something like a hundred and twenty thousand um applications in there and each application has a um risk score against them um dep dep dependent on the type of application it is and what they may or may not support so microsoft ha in this catalog for each application they identify um some of the functionality and their um regulatory compliance sort of state so it will tell you if they are iso 27001 regulated you know um compliance or gdpr or if they have G gdpr controls um it also tell you whether they use ssl whether their website has um you know any not necessarily vulnerability but some of the like old vulnerabilities are like um oh god i can't remember of them now but um some of the really um early ones that was the you know the tls version things like that of their website um but it'll also tell you whether they do mfa whether they support mfa whether you can do single sign-on whether there's sort of like a jml process that you can do um as well as when they were last breached where it where publicly announced kind of thing so that information can be used to then create that risk score um and you can then build policy as well to then say if i see alert me when microsoft um tell us about 
a user using an application that has been recently breached so that you can at least uh, check the risks against that application as well. Wow, so that catalog is being you know built and maintained by Microsoft. That's not something you need to configure, I assume. Um, no. Yeah, and and so can, can you use that ahead of time? Do you have to use that you know from a from a reactive point of you know your own logs? Could you use that when you're sort of looking to procure um, software as well to get a benchmark from Microsoft about potential risk? Yeah. So you, yeah. So the catalog is there as a full list anyway. So yes, you can go in there and you can go and search for applications um, and see what Microsoft sort of thinks of them as you know from what information they can collect um and yeah then when you go if you from your like cloud discovery report you then only see the applications that you're that has been seen by you know by your logs by your users so it's like a cut down version at that point but yes the the full catalog is there um and the reason for that as well is one you know you can check it out before maybe you know do some digging into your new, maybe a new application like you said um but also you can um, go in there and sanction and unsanction applications. So you can say which ones you approve and which ones you definitely you know, do not want to see within your organization. Um, and that can be then used to um, create an exec report based on you know the, your log. So you can see like a high level about risky apps, unsanctioned apps being used by which users um, and things like that. Um, and then it can go a little bit further. So if you've got Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, um, you can tell it to um, get MDE to block the, the unsanctioned applications on the devices. And then Microsoft will keep the IPs and URLs up to date and then keep changing you know, the policies within MDE. Um, so then you can actually start blocking these SAS applications. If you don't have Microsoft Defender for Endpoint or you want to do it on a firewall or um, proxy, um, Microsoft first supported um firewalls and proxies they will generate you a block script for you so you can actually review that and then actually deploy that um there are other uh, solutions like um i think it's iboss and zscaler they have an integration so that you can actually do the same thing they can actually the microsoft defender for cloud apps can put the policy into those services to then be blocking those those um, those applications. Wow! So it's it's also you know, it's not just sort of first party MDE support. You know, even if you want to run it completely disconnected with you know uploading logs from your firewalls, as for example, um, and also retroactively adding block lists to them, that's completely supported as well. So it's it seems um, quite like technology agnostic from that point. I assume as long as your hardware that you're using is is supported. Yeah, and you know all the major um, proxies and, and firewalls are supported. It's only you know maybe some of the the bespoke ones that you may not see, or you maybe you've got sync. Um, yeah, most most of the ones are supported in there. So. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's great. It's quite it's quite interesting when we do it with when we go through it with customers, um, because it's they don't realize sometimes they don't realize how much data 
um, is going through, you know, their their services and seeing what applications are going through. Um, we've had it that um, they've been quite surprised about seeing, you know, Netflix running on, you know, within their their organization when they've you know, potentially got proxies and that that should be blocking it. So it is quite interesting um, for some of you just to see that that initial discovery. Especially when Netflix is pulling the most amount of data, right, yeah. <laughs> in the organization <laughs> by yeah. an order of just, magnitude. Just increased, sure. just increased all your um, egress bandwidth, and it's all because of um, yeah, Netflix going for it. But don't, don't get me wrong, there, you know, there will be you know potentially blocks on you know, if they've got a proxy. If you've got a proxy, you know that will be blocked, you know, and there'll be other networking tools monitoring for certain you know services. This is just like the extra check against it all and or if you're if you want to see what users are doing when they're mobile in you know hybrid working because you may not be able to go back to the the, the core proxy without a vpn things like that so it just opens up opens up to you know protect um everywhere kind of thing and really is it that shadow it aspect that we're looking at right you know we're looking for you know um parts of the business that are actually have adopted their own technology outside the scope of it you know and that 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 control and oversight that's what we're really looking for right you know truly unsanctioned apps you know different like cloud products being used you know random team using dropbox nothing wrong with dropbox but if your organization you know um is set up to use OneDrive, and you know all of your focus and posture management is all have been around you know OneDrive and sharepoint um and then you notice there's a lot of Dropbox usage, you know that that can start to, you know, show you where uh, that's being used. Yeah, and it's not, you know, this might not be, yeah, you know, potentially it's going to be like malicious, like activity there. You know, user maybe you know, not want to say user, but un, yeah, like you said, unsanctioned behaviour in there. But there may be a legitimate reason why a department is starting to use a, a technology so it's actually just bring it to it's deten uh, detention um it's um attention um so that maybe they can have that conversation about why they're using it to understand whether they can bring it into scope you know maybe it is a solution that could then help you know other parts of the business it's entirely possible or you're seeing two types of the same application maybe and now you're saying well okay let's consolidate and secure it kind of thing so it's it's not all you know shadow it necessarily isn't always about it being you know bad um bad practice you know happening within the organization it might just be natural um like progress within you know with solutions maybe as well yeah and i suppose if you haven't had much control up to now I suppose this can give you a lot of visibility, like you say, to map what is actually being used in the organization, right? You know, because like you say, legitimate use cases for certain apps that you just don't know about. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, definitely. It's, it's that whole, I think we say it almost every time with anything, you know, having that discovery, seeing what's happening is is always you know the, the key part to start in any, you know, adding any controls, things like that in place. So you mentioned previously that it can also protect um, data in your SaaS applications. Can you explain that a little bit? Yes. So with so there's two parts to this. There's the session control, which we kind of talked about a little bit at the start. Um, 
but also some sort of DLP capability. So um, to onboard SaaS applications uh, into Microsoft Defender Cloud Apps, MDA, um, you have to enable a connector. So not all SaaS applications are supported um, for the DLP, some of the DLP capability. So in effect, um, MDA has some connectors. Um, there's quite a lot of application there now. Um, so there's, there's obviously Microsoft 365, Azure, um, Salesforce, ServiceNow, um, I think Zoom's in there. There's a few others in there. Um, and what those connectors do, and, uh, and Box and Dropbox are in there, um, some of those connectors do, what, they, what they're doing is they are um, collecting user activity. Um, so that we can, you know, we can then see what, you know, might be happening in there, um, you know, as well as admin activity within that environment. So you can see, sort of detect, um, uh, ab you know, unusual behavior, things like that. But with some SaaS applications, um, that connector dives into a bit more um, and is able to see the files in there. So like Box, Dropbox, it's able to see, you know, the files that are stored in there. Um, same with, Office 365, so SharePoint OneDrive. Um, so when it can do that, you can actually enable file scanning. And what that can do then is, as files are uploaded um, to the SaaS application or, or modified, it can then scan that in that data um, and look for PII data or any sort of data classifications you might have or you know types, sensitive information types. So you can then detect that there is, you know, credit cards in Dropbox and it shouldn't be, it should be in OneDrive. So that's really powerful. But with, especially with um, SharePoint OneDrive and I th either Box or Dropbox or both of them, I can't quite remember, um, it can also de determine how they are shared. So it will tell you if there's a public link to them. So now you can do detections on, I see, a I see you know, 10 credit cards in this file and the share link is anyone can open it which I think is really powerful. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's then, you know, not, it's going outside the bounds of the Microsoft ecosystem, right? And really hooking mm -hmm. into those, like you say, sanctioned third-party data repositories, which can potentially host anything, right? You know, in theory, because, you know, um, we don't have, you know, information protection and DLP, you know, natively built in, you know, from a Microsoft perspective, right, into those tools. So um, in terms of like searching for sensitive information, is that a similar list to what you get um, on the purview side? Is it is it the same list of information, uh, info types, uh, trainable yes. classifiers? So in, you know, when Microsoft, when MDA came out, when it was called Microsoft, um, Microsoft Cloud Security. God, I almost forgot that. Um, it had its own um, engine in effect um, initially, and then Microsoft brought in the inspection engine from what's now called Purview from the Compliance Center in effect. So yes, now you can use that. You can use, I think, you can use trainable classifiers as well um, to do that detection. So it is bringing all that information. So if you've got some custom ones then you can detect that data as well. So yeah, so, okay, so I guess, you know, we found those, that type of like scenario where there's a 
publicly um, shared file again with some of these solutions so not all of them are supported but you can actually remove that link as well as a remediation so you can not only like detect it and alert on it you can actually say well actually i don't want it to be shared so i'm going to remove the share link nice that's really powerful isn't it because you're also getting you know some sort of response capability with those third party apps yeah exactly so um so there is that and you did talk about information protection um so you can so i don't know in box and dropbox but definitely in sharepoint onedrive um if you find those types they don't have a sensitive label or you want to go and detect sensitive labels as well then it can do that um but it can also apply a label to app files um so i'm not too sure if that's done in box and dropbox i think it might be um but i can't confirm that um but definitely within sharepoint onedrive you can apply a label to it so if you are using information protection, purview information protection, um, then you can you can classify um, the data, or you can you can search, you can do um, some of your detection can be based on the label applied to a file as well. Nice, that's that's really powerful. Are there there are other detectors that uh, detections that Defender for Cloud Apps has? Yeah, so because we're pulling all that other information in, I was saying about the activity and that, um, Microsoft MDA has a load of built-in detections or threat detections. So it's looking for um, things like, you know, unusual behavior. You know, all of a sudden there's a mass download on OneDrive or mass upload to somewhere to Dropbox um, with, you know, with public links. you know, it can detect, you know, users coming, you know, uh, impossible travel, um, coming from uh, out-of-date browsers, um, coming from devices that aren't hybrid joined, that sort of stuff. So you can detect, you know, where users are coming from, what they're doing, and it's it's showing, the activity is very granular. It's showing you that, you know, a file is open, a file was downloaded, um, a... Um, you know, a user signed in from, you know, this location, then 20 minutes later, they're now in, you know, they're now a thousand miles away. Um, So you can also add like your IPs, your corporate IPs into, to reduce the amount of false positives there. Um, But recently as well, Microsoft have started moving the um, abnormal behavior capability into the core of the Microsoft 365 Defender as it's, as they're all coming together. So now some of those, um, policies that were there are now being built into the UEBA engine that's now within the, you know, the Microsoft 365 Defender that um, Defender for Endpoint and Defender for Office use. So it's now bringing it all into that, that core product now. Um, but yeah, there's various um, detections there. There's things like that. There's, like I said, there's some other detections like a new SAS app being used from the cloud discovery um, tooling, you know, from that, that those alerts. Um, there's also the ability to, at least in Defender, uh, Defender um, SharePoint and OneDrive, to scan for, for malware as well. Because you may not have Defender for Office or or this is checking stuff that pr- uh, prior to it, um, be able to detect malware. And we've seen that with customers where they said, you know, we've got AV on all our endpoints. Um, so there's no way anything can get up there. We turn it on and 
we find out that one of their users has gone home, uploaded their desktop to the you know their corporate OneDrive, and there's malware on it. I see. Yeah, completely bypassing. Yeah, that that, that, that controlled sort of, area. Yeah. yeah, and don't get me wrong. You know, there can be, there will be, or potentially can be, con- there will be controls to stop someone logging into an unmatched device and doing that. But we were talking, you know, three, four years ago when when that when I seen that happen that you know you don't know about that data and then maybe that's the same case today that you know when before controls were put in place there's data just sat there that has you know malicious data there waiting to be executed you mentioned that there was a detection for you know um a new a new SaaS application being used could mm-hmm. can you tweak that into deciding sort of what level from the catalog you know um could you say like you know um any that you know only alert on ones that aren't iso 27001 as an example yes yeah, so you can do compliance checks against um there are some of that you can, you can do a compliance checks against like um file or you know category of like file storage um against iso cis and etc things like that but you can also do like a new and you know a load a load of users a a group of users has now started using uh, you know a new HR system for some reason, um, or a new CRM, um, and you can tweak how many users and how much data going to that that application that, um, triggers that because you know if you're a you know, if you're a twenty thousand user estate. You know, twenty-five users going to a new uh, to a website might be, you know, too too small of a um, sample. You might need to say, you know, if I see a hundred or two hundred users, you know, ten percent of the business starting to use it. You know, that might be a a flag that you need to see or what's happening um, with it. So, so you've got that. You can do detections on. You can do alerting at least um, when a new breach is announced. I think I said that earlier for an application then there is users using that application so then you can do your due diligence against it whether you know it's an app you know if it's a storage application you know and who's using it asking you know what data was put into it if it's not a, you know uh, if it's a a um not a, an approved application things like that so so yeah um and one thing we probably missed when we were talking about protecting applications was that um the sesh control so um any so sesh control is in effect controlled via any sas application that is integrated with microsoft enter id or azure id as its previous name so if you've got a single sign-on application in there um, with conditional access you can force it force it to go through sesh control um, it's one of the session options um, within conditional access. So what that does is when the user signs in and they're going to the application, maybe there's some criteria like um, they're on an unmanaged device. So instead of blocking complete access to you know to Outlook, as an example, um, you now want to give them some access, but you want to control the session. So when on an unmanaged device, you get pushed to session control. So when it moves to session control, um, Defensive Cloud Apps then has some policies in there that allows you to stop, um, copy, paste, print, 
um, and download and upload. Um, so you can then do um, you can then do um, you can then control that bit. So then you can stop it. You can allow user access, but then they can't download anything. So it, you know allows that part. Okay, so we're really starting to um because we can we can session control um most Microsoft services, right? You know, mm -hmm. um Azure Portal, Office 365, etc. etc. Right. So that's sort of extending that capability to out to anything that is um I'm gonna call it Azure AD, you know, a single sign on, uh really, isn't it? You know. Um yeah, so so they so all the office services or Microsoft services automatically get like in effect enabled in there. But anything that's not, um, it gets triggered in there, and then you can in effect like test that your application still works through the the session control. So you can get users to go into like a test group and prove it works, and then activate it, and then that session's then controlled, and you can do the upload, download, blocking, and everything. Have, you, have you ever had any issues with session control with third party apps? Not that I'm aware of. All the main, you know, all the sort of ServiceNow's and um, Salesforce's things like that are all, you know, working. It's it's just around the redirect URLs because obviously we're we're changing the URL. So Defender of Cloud Apps is re is rewriting the URL. So if there's any sort of hard coded URLs in the background that it can't rewrite, um, that's probably only only thing that there may be an issue with. So that's why they have that sort of testing. Or if you've got like a third party app, because we're to, we're not going to say talking about um, this could be you know your own application could go this way as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, Alan, how how do you uh, license Defender for Cloud Apps? Uh, so Defender for Cloud Apps is uh, you can do it standalone, um, but you can also. Um, get it in uh, EMNSE 5 so it's kind of the E5 sort of SKUs so EMNSE 5 M365 plus the uh, ME3 plus the E5 security SKU or just full M365 E5 um, some of the cloud discovery for app you can do Office 365 app discovery um, as part of the e M365 E3 SKU so you can get a little bit of the discovery piece but not too much is it is it full standalone? So what about people that are still on uh, business standard premium down, down at that end? I have to double check. Um, I don't. Th I think you get the cloud discovery piece, but I don't think we get the. Um, you don't get the full mode of it. Right. So you need to be on your ETH. Your your ease and above basically to potentially get yeah or beans or standalone yeah I have and, to double check that I'm pretty sure it's not in business premium it's it, I suppose you know Cas B for that size of organization is quite an advanced sort of technology really is is that fair to say that's it's yeah prob yeah because you I suppose yeah you may not have some of the yeah it's probably yeah you're probably right it's probably quite advanced but it's probably quite handy at the same time if you're a small organization to manage some of that it depends how it depends on what industry you're in really and what reg, reg, you know, regulations you have to abide by 
yeah definitely and, and what's great about a solution like this is that it's like this layer that you throw on for visibility right you know and and usually well all all engagement should start like that right you know to uncover what 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 is actually there and as it seems so simple to actually go through the process of enabling it right okay yeah you 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 might need to have your integration with your firewalls or you you might need defender for endpoint right so there are you don't need either one of those things so do you because it is quite flexible so it's you know um like you say it's it's not like you have to go through a huge amount of upfront effort and investment classifying doing connectors and things like that it's sort of you know configure and go yeah exactly it's really easy to get the um the, you know the microsoft 365 connectors and azure connectors installed and to be honest some of the other connectors for the other SaaS applications are, are relatively easy to then hook up to then get that visibility inside of things you might not be able to get your cloud discovery straight away because you need to do like you said those those firewall logs but you can do a snapshot report so if you've got like a day's worth of logs you can just upload them and see a snapshot it doesn't have to be continuous um from the start you mentioned in the first um section around application governance could you sort of explain what that is yeah so app governance was an extra add-on for microsoft defender for cloud apps um but as of march this year 2023 um it's now been included in the licensing so what this is around is um showing all of your um, enterprise applications your OAuth applications in azure in azure id microsoft enter id um and giving you a detailed report on them so being able to, to in effect govern them so it, it tells you whether applications are over provisioned you know it tells you what permissions they're using um so you might have um an app registration that you set up it might be you know you're using it to for an application you've developed um and it's been over provisioned with like with permissions and you know day to day in the last 30 days it hasn't used i don't know um uh file read write in sharepoint so you can detect that you can detect new applications that are coming in um that are um unverified so if you don't have the um settings in in microsoft enter id um to block any user from consenting applications you can then see all these new applications turning up and whether they're you know what their security sort of risk is um but alongside that if you've got salesforce or some of the other SaaS applications connected um this can do a software as a service um security posture management sort of assessment on them so it will tell you whether they've got mfa enabled or you know they've not enabled some security feature in that that SaaS application so now you can actually um you know kind of like you know um cloud security um posture management see some of those misconfigurations and start to um you know improve them so that you don't have like any back doors into your application into your SaaS applications um so it's only on supported applications at the moment i think there's three or four with like another four coming out soon i think zoom is one of the one one of the ones that's on public preview now and same with google um google um work workspace so that's definitely a, a new thing that's come in and those recommendations also feed into your secure score 
So now you can see them in a sort of central place that you maybe your your CISO is looking at to see how good you know the the Microsoft tenant is. That's that sounds really well integrated um, to yeah. me, right? You know, um, I I kind of get why that was a add on skew before. To be fair, and now it's all wrapped in. It's um, yeah, it's just like another. It, it feels to me that Defender for Cloud Apps has like, you know, it's got so many buzzwords in it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's the biggest compliment I think I could give it as well, right? This just so much in it and i just feel like sometimes i, I don't realize that there's that much that that many different technologies sort of all feeding yeah, in right? you know it's sometimes yeah it, it sometimes feels feels like it's a uh, like a like a passive i'm gonna say it like a passive defender like it's there it's doing some grabbing of logs it's just looking for stuff happening but there is loads of other stuff in there that is key i think it doesn't get as much visibility as it should out there it's definitely one of the the key ones to have for sure just the session control stuff is great yeah. and this app governance bits that's now come in and i've been using i've been using recently it's 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 amazing yeah yeah and and organizations are more and more use utilizing enterprise SaaS applications right you know just and even like you say even the ones that you have sanctioned you, you know um, keeping an eye on them, understanding what's being uploaded to them, you know, uh, session control as an example, right? You know, because it may just be that, like, you know, you might be in a highly regulated industry and you need protection against, you know, um, DLP, you know, um, exfiltrating mm. data out of SaaS systems and things like that. Session control can help you with that, right? You yeah, know? well, actually thinking about it, there's one extra feature that's worth talking about. So with the SaaS control. So say you're in a in a um say you're in an application, um, you don't allow copy paste download, and maybe you don't allow them the user to do um they don't have to do MFA, or they can do any MFA. So let's do that. They're going through this application and then they go to a certain part of the application, or they go to download a file, and I said yes, you can just block it. What we can do is we can do a step up authentication now. And what that means is, is that you can use the um, context awareness um, feature in conditional access or in, in enter ID to say that if this is activated, they have to do a, this certain thing. So it might be me that you say you've got to do a phishing resistant authentication. So using a 502 key windows, hello, to then download that file. So you can actually say yeah you can do this much at this level but if you wanted to go into you know this area or you need to download this file and it might be because i did i did forget to say that when you when you decide to choose whether a user can download a file you can do an inspection on it in near in real time so you could say that if it's got pii data in it then they have to do a step up to download it wow so you're also getting that content like the data context yeah fed into those you know those like you say those step up mfa challenges right and that and that that really blends itself great to the user experience right because it's mm. it's context aware it's like you know um in your sas apps if you're in like app dot 
randomdomain.com, then that's absolutely fine. As soon as you go to admin.randomapp.com or whatever, yeah. that area, yeah, step up. then you get step up. Okay, right, you need to use your FIDO key, you know, that we're, we're all happy is the sort of gold standard potentially of, you know, phishing resistant MFA challenge, right? You know, and and that's also where you can start to layer on your own levels of access control above what the actual um, owners of those applications have actually built in, right? You know, because... Yeah, well, it might you know, it might be that... Because obviously, if an application is, well, will be integrated with Azure AD, it's only checking MFA at the point of entry. Yeah. And it might be that, you know, originally you might say, if, you're an, if you've got an admin role, then you've got to do, you know, that type of MFA just to go and, you know, look at the, you know, the lowest level data because you've got that role kind of thing. This is then saying, well, you can go in, but as soon as you want to hit the sensitive area, that's it. You've got to do your, your higher MFA sort of thing. You, I, I don't know. You might be able to, I don't know about the context awareness. I think it might be only MFA side of things, but you might be able to say that you have to be on site, things like that. It might have to be a certain IP address maybe. I have to double check because I've not like dived into that too much yet. Um, so it might be an option as well. You might be able to say where you can access it from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, it's really powerful. Any other areas that you think we've missed, Alan, that you want to cover? I don't think there is. There's probably something I have missed because it's like I said, it's it is a bit of a beast in in the different areas. I mean, we could talk probably about app governance for a whole episode some of it um so but yeah no i think i've covered all the key areas to get sort of into it like i said it's it's relatively easy to start setting up um you do have to have all your users license for it you can scope it down to users scope it down to users that are licensed you can do that um but you know if you're only covering sort of part of the business you know you've got you then you've got a, a hidden area then haven't you yeah, exactly. And we are talking about end users here as well, right? You know, so you it's it's almost like the inverse of what we'd normally license for, right? You know, your admins are probably <laughs> less required of licensing in some respects, right, for shadow IT because well they are potentially IT, right? <laughs> so yeah. um <laughs> so yeah. No, that's great. Thank you for that, Alan. That's um a really good 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 overview for sure. Thanks. Um, okay, so what's the next episode then, Sam? Um, next week, I'll be covering um, Azure Lighthouse, um, which enables uh, multi-tenant management um, uh, um, of uh, resources across, you know, um, multiples of your um, your customers' um, tenants. Um, it could also be your own tenants as well. Um, you, you might have mergers and acquisitions in your organization where you you need um, to be able to access resources in multiple tenants, have visibility across them at the same time. And Lighthouse is a very effective way um, to undertake that. Yes, yeah, definitely um, useful when trying to use Microsoft Defender for cloud apps against multiple tenants, for sure, especially in, uh, in, in your own organization. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we we see that, don't we? We see you know development tenants and X, Y, and Z going on 
you know mergers and acquisitions you know uh, different businesses business units and things like that so um yeah it's it's really powerful and relatively simplistic as well really from you know the the integration side yeah yeah definitely okay so did you enjoy this episode if so please do subscribe subscribe please do consider leaving us a review on apple or spotify uh, this really helps us to reach more people like you um, if you have any specific feedback or suggestions we have a link in our show notes to get in contact with us yeah and if you've made it this far uh, thanks very much for listening thank you alan for the great episode and we'll catch you all on the next one yeah thanks all bye